this is Dallin Orland with the Charter School Connection podcast. In this episode, I meet with Principal Emery Osterk. He gives a lot of really cool insights that I would never even thought of in regards to being the principal of a completely virtual charter school. He talks a lot about how to engage with students, you know, even though it's virtual and online, which can be a little difficult via physical activities and other certain things, and how to make sure that there's staying safe on technology, internet, tablets, Chromebooks, things of that nature. So he'll get into a little bit about how they make sure that they keep their students safe. Hey everyone, my name is Dallin Wortham with the Charter School Connection Podcast. In this episode, I meet with Principal Emery Ozturk from Dove Virtual Academy in Oklahoma. It is a completely virtual online charter school. And so he gives some really cool details and insights that I would never have even thought of before having spoken to um, Principal Osterk. So he talks a little bit about how to engage students and motivate them even when it's all, all virtual. He talks about physical interactions and meeting with them and holding events in person, building friendships amongst students, how to engage with parents and even how to keep students safe while on their technological devices, computers, Chromebooks, tablets, phones, via filters and other great tools that you might want to know about. He talks a little bit about the curriculum that they use and their extracurricular activities, which to me blew me away with how unique and fun they were from esports to robotics to solar car and ethic clubs. So I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. If you like it, just a fraction of how much I enjoyed it, then you're really going to get a kick out of it. So without further ado, I'll stop talking. Please enjoy this episode of the Charter School Connection podcast with Principal Emery Oster. My name is Dallin Wortham, and this is the Charter School Connection Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest and uh, very quickly becoming a really good friend of mine, Dr. Emery Osterk. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. Great. Well, to kind of get started here today, um, I kind of just want to learn a little bit more about you and because with charter schools, the way that we kind of get into the charter school world is unique for everyone. So how did you get involved in education and charter schools in the first place? And that's a very nice question to start our conversation. Thank you so much for this question. Uh, since high school, education was my passion. Uh, I got accepted from uh, medical schools as well, but I stayed with education because uh, I believe uh, with education, I'm able to reach out more people uh, to support their, especially STEAM education uh, through charter schools. Uh, it was uh, 2010, uh, I decided to uh, work with charter schools. It was a great opportunity. Uh, I'm also coming from a low income family uh, with charter schools, uh, a lot of our students and parents are able to reach out to uh, computer science, uh, technology, engineering, math, and art courses. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. So was it a, do you feel like you fell into the world of charter schools or did you, were you pretty intentional about getting to where you are today? Because I feel like some people, they, they, they don't expect to land in the world of charter schools or education, but life just kind of took them that way. Or do you feel like you kind of made it your goal to get to where you are? I feel like uh, I'm making my goal uh, happen. Uh, I'm able to reach out to my goal, uh, especially during my master's degree from Lamar University. A lot of our professors were talking about uh, different opportunities and it took my attention. Charter schools are uh, one of the best option uh, to give access to all students uh, with different types of education styles. That's awesome. And so tell us a little bit about where you are today. Tell us a little bit about Dove Virtual Academy 
how you got to know Dove Virtual Academy and, and became a part of their team. Uh, I was working for Dove schools, in-person uh, in person schools. And three years ago, uh, as Dove schools, we started uh, virtual schools. Our name was Oklahoma Information Technology. And this year, we changed it to Dove Virtual Academy. Uh, our passion is computer science and information technology. And uh, we believe all Oklahoma students uh, would like to receive these type of opportunities. And uh, we believe we can be another option uh, for Oklahoma students with computer science and information technology focus. That's great. And how did you end up there? Did you? Um submit an application did you know somebody how did how did you arrive uh, to the virtual academy yeah uh -huh. yeah uh, i spent 13 years in uh, in-person schools as math teacher uh, ap of ac academics and principal mm -hmm. uh, so during pandemic, I realized uh, virtual schools uh, or virtual education is a great option. Uh, I have two daughters and both of them liked the way that they were able to communicate with their teachers uh, during school hours or after school time. Uh, so as a parent and as an educator, I realized it's a great option and uh, I applied for this position and after uh, interviews and different, you know, HR steps, I was able to get this position and I'm really happy and satisfied to be able to reach more Oklahoma students and parents. Yeah. So how do you think that being a teacher and educator first has helped you um, and has helped prepare you for the role that you're in today? In the past, I was a low-income family member and English learner. Uh, so being a teacher uh, helped me to reach out to those students. Uh, so with my teacher support, I was able to reach out my goals. Uh, I was able to get into college and uh, I was uh, able to take my master's degree courses. So with education, especially while I was being a teacher, uh, I was showing students that uh, they can do it. And a lot of our graduates uh, became doctors, lawyers, uh, engineers, teachers, uh, or mathematicians. Uh, so they became with our support. Fantastic. And can you, Tell me just a little bit about what's what's your actual position title for those that don't know who you are. Yeah, currently I work as uh, the principal of Dove Virtual Academy, uh, and we have grade six through ten for this year. That's awesome. And how long has Dove Virtual Academy been around? Uh, with our brand new name, it's our first year, but as virtual schools, this is our third year in the state of Oklahoma. Wow. Uh, tell me a little bit about that jump, because I feel like that is really um, an interesting challenge to try to start a virtual school, because with a physical school, you can say, look at our classrooms, look at our building, look at our new gym, look how close we are to your home. And it's, it's kind of easy for parents to kind of see that you exist, but how do you, what, tell me about the, that, the challenge of starting a virtual program. Yeah, well, uh, the challenge is uh, making social emotional communication with students, parents, and our educators. Uh, and uh, it's uh, sometimes it's really hard to share your emotion on the screen. Uh, so we do provide different activities to increase uh, uh, to increase our spirit. Uh, we do monthly uh, activities in person or virtual, uh, such as award assembly or such as picnics or service learning activities. 
this one just happened uh, in the in the previous weeks. Uh, in Oklahoma, you can adapt a park for service learning, and you can call your students to meet up in there, and you help uh, the park workers uh, to keep it clean and uh, to engage all together. Uh, we scheduled for one hour visit, and uh, after three hours, students realized oh. <laughs> they spent three hours and they were super happy. Their parents, even they were waiting in the parking lot, didn't call us because they have seen their children are engaged. So uh, these are the parts when we talk about our school, like you mentioned. Uh, in-person schools, uh, they talk about their facility, uh, their, um, you know, stadiums or sport activities. Currently, it, we don't have any, any gym because we are virtual school, but yeah. students, uh, students can enroll to virtual school and they will have plenty of time to do those activities in a professional way. They will still have uh, friends, they will still have time to do uh, different engagement sports activities. So when parents heard uh, this is an a, this is a great option for their children, uh, and when they see us in action, such as adapting a park or helping uh, senior house uh, members or helping veterans or uh, having those college trips, monthly meetings, when they see us in action. Uh, they change their mind in a virtual way. Oh, I think that's great. And would you have any, let's, let's, well, let me ask this. If I am someone that is either starting or trying to grow my virtual school, what tips do you have for holding those in-person events? Do you have any tips or advice that you've learned over the, the couple of years that you've been around? Oh, yes, uh, there are different um, ways to do that. Uh, first of all, uh, as all schools, you should have a mission and a vision, uh, and you should have a passion to, uh, to educate students, uh, the place that you live. And as I said at the beginning, our passion is computer science and information technology. So a lot of Oklahoma students will have easy access to computer science, IT, coding. Uh, currently, we have uh, we received support from Amazon Future Engineering Program, and that was the thing that I learned from in-person schools that we were currently doing. And when I moved to this position, I uh, made that connection with Amazon.com. And they were greatly appreciated with that connection because they have seen computer science and information technology focus uh, with uh, our students. And uh, University of Texas, Austin is supporting with different computer science curriculums. Uh, I believe before starting these type of uh, virtual schools, first of all, we should have a goal, which we currently have, and we should have a network to make that to make connection with our students, parents, and uh, the stakeholders. That's awesome. I think that's great advice because connection is everything. That's why we have this podcast. That's why we want to build connection with other charter school leaders across, you know, the, the United States, but the world. So how did you go about finding those connections? What if if I want to build connections and I'm a, a charter school principal and I have a virtual charter school, what advice would you give to me to be able to find those right connections? How did you do it? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, you know, if education is your passion, uh, you make a lot of research uh, and you participate different events. Uh, the biggest one that I participated was uh, the College Board event. Uh, during College Board uh, Professional Development Days, uh, there are different network sessions. So I was able to meet uh, with different people all around the, the nation. And 
the other, the other one was a school of character professional developments. Uh, so you can see those connections and in education field, uh, there is a saying which is teachers can steal the, the practices or the information to implement in the class. Okay. So we share uh, what we have done as a best practice during those professional development days. Uh, and we hear from other schools. Uh, so those PD days are important, the internal or external. And also being open to public is important instead of uh, staying in one cluster or one city. That's the best part of virtual school you're able to reach out the entire state. Uh, we have a lot of newcomers uh, in the previous month and this month, and uh, all of them are saying, hey, you should advertise your school in our area more because uh, I don't have enough access to AP courses or computer science courses, or I didn't know service learning or school of character, character education exists. Uh, so being in a small town is good uh, as okay. a student, but uh, you may have less chances than those uh, uh, crowded city students. So with those network sessions, uh, our students from uh, small cities or small towns are able to reach out Amazon engineers or wow. uh, university professors or uh, they are having either online or in-person uh, trips to the colleges. Uh, with those networking sessions, um, I learned uh, Harvard University uh, is offering different courses uh, with scholarship opportunities to uh, all high school students. And this year we applied with uh, our high school students and five of them and received their scholarships and they are now taking business uh, and medical courses from Harvard University. Whoa. And when Harvard University announced that, uh, you should see parents were in tears or they were sending very long thank you email because they didn't have that connection at their town. Uh, and with virtual, uh, the virtual Academy, uh, they are able to reach out to people for those networking sessions. And the last one is, like I said, when you say something to your students or parents, you should mean it, you should make it happen. Uh, and with the virtual Academy, whatever we say during our orientation days, uh, we do our best and 100% uh, of the activities that we promised, uh, it's currently happening. So uh, the other people uh, who are not sending their children to the virtual Academy are being aware that, hey, there's a school doing these type of activities and they are sharing uh, with their friends, relatives. Uh, so we are able to have a natural network uh, with this option. That's fantastic, man. I am just over here typing a bunch of notes um, just by listening to everything that you're saying. I have so many questions, but we won't be able to get to them all in this episode, but that's fascinating. So, um, one thing that I love that you said and was very powerful to me is just you can be in a small town, but you can literally meet with Amazon engineers and university professors um, prepared to study at these Ivy League schools. So that's a very powerful benefit of virtual learning that just would not be available um, maybe through a a more traditional setting. So I think that's a great answer, thanks. And I have a, a list of other questions I wanna to get to, but I, before getting to them, I kinda of wanna backtrack a little bit. You said that you are, um, you were a low-income student and that English wasn't your native language. Could you tell us just a little bit about where you're from and what language is your native language and 
how you became a, you know, a very successful, fantastic principal at Dove Virtual Academy. So wh where, what are your roots? Oh, thanks so much for the, for the nice words. Uh, uh, I am originally from Turkey and I grew up <clears throat> in Turkey until um, my graduate years from college. Uh, I, I became a teacher in there and we mostly speak Turkish at home. So English is my second language, you may understand from my accent. And uh, my wife and I uh, decided to um, dig into education and learn from the best practices. Wow. Uh, so we applied to, uh, to teach a visa for the United States uh, at 2010. And we got accepted and we started to work for uh, charter schools at the same time. I started, to, I started to take my master's degree courses from Lamar University. Uh, so uh, it was temporary visa and based on your uh, achievements, uh, United States gives you an opportunity to become green card holder. So. Uh, I became nationwide math hero at 2013 with uh, our students' achievements and the things that we have done in the class. And uh, University of Chicago and different universities sent their PhD candidates to my classroom. So they did a live recording, live sharing about how I teach in the class. Uh, and after those type of recognitions, and also uh, my students uh, four years in a row got uh, more than 98% of passing score on statewide or nationwide exams. Oh. Uh, so I got nominated for green card and one of the schools sponsored for my green card. So um, I became a green card holder. And this year on August, uh, we were eligible uh, to apply for citizenship. So. Uh, we applied and waiting for the interview to become an American. <laughs> wow, that, congratulations. Um, yeah, my wife is from Chile and we're currently doing the, the citizenship mumbo jumbo stuff um, where she's filled out all of her paperwork and we've paid everything and she's done all the interviews. We're just kind of waiting for, for the check. So I, I know what that's all about. So I have a, my wife is a teacher as well, and she studied in uh, Chile. And you and your wife come from Turkey. How has your um, nationality of being Turkish helped you in the classroom? And as an educator, what has, what have you been able to bring from your country that has helped you you know, be so successful as an educator? What cultural things or, or lessons or, I don't know, tell me more about that. I think that's fascinating. Yeah, that's a great question, which I heard a couple of the times during my visa or green card interviews. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I can give you one example. When uh, I participated in one of the PD uh, when I was in Texas, uh, the professor had probably like two, 300 teachers in, in, one, uh, in one place. And we were digging into how we can teach better uh, for uh, students uh, with fractions. So uh, I, I answered one of the questions that we received from the professor. The question was, uh, let's say you have four family members at home and you ordered or you would like to order pizza and the professor asked to the audience uh, how many people would like to order four pizza and 99 percent of them raised their hand and i was in shock like why are we ordering four pizza for four people <laughs> and then he said who would like to order less? And I raised my hand, probably I was the only one in that crowd and it took his attention. He came right next to me and he asked me, where are you from? I was surprised that I didn't say anything. And I asked the professor about, hey, did you 
realized I'm from, I'm not from here because of my accent. And he's, he smiled at me. He said, no, because of your answer. Uh, so what would you like to do when you order pizza? And I said, I'm going to order pizza and I'm going to uh, uh, put divide in four pieces. So one fourth goes to my wife, one fourth goes to me, one fourth goes to my daughter, one fourth goes to the other daughter. And then uh, he said, yes, that's the way that we should teach to our students. We should make a real life connection so they can understand in a better way. And then on the next uh, month, while I was teaching that, uh, I ordered pizza. And <laughs> <laughs> I showed to students, hey, we have very big pizza, extra large, like Texas size. <laughs> and we have 20 students in the class. How are we going to share this? And they said, we're going to divide into any pieces. So what do you get from this pizza? Uh, one over 20. So two of you, what do you get? Two over 20. And uh, it became meaningful. And I would like to thank to that professor who was uh, educating us. So I believe uh, my wife and I uh, brought different teaching strategies that is meaningful to American students. And at the same time, we are still learning from uh, our American friends, leaders, coaches, uh, students, or parents. So it's a mutual way uh, from both sides. Uh, we brought different teaching methods. We brought different STEM uh, activities that uh, we were using at our home country. And we're learning technology, we're learning uh, different meaningful educational methods, especially virtual schools. Wow. That was such a good answer. I, I couldn't have expected anything better. That was, thank you for that example. Um, so with, you, you mentioned your mission and vision and that it's important for a school to understand that. A big part of that mission and vision is your staff. So how would you say that you as a principal or Dove Virtual Academy in general, how do you guys make sure to hire the right teachers and staff to make sure that your mission and vision stays true to who you are? Um, I would like to start the thing that I learned from uh, American education. Uh, safety comes first. Students should feel safe and valuable in the class. They should feel that teachers are caring about the student, which uh, I currently uh, receive from United States of America. Uh, so our mission uh, is to create a safe, healthy, caring and student-centered education. Uh, so in this way, we believe our students uh, will become knowledgeable and they will uh, create their own character uh, with our um, technology skills. Uh, as you may realize in 21st century, including my kindergarten daughter, uh, <laughs> she has an iPad and, <laughs> and she used very, in a very effective way. Uh, but besides those educational technology skills, we want to make sure students feel safe. When we hire uh, any staff member, the first thing is to check if students are going to feel safe and if students will receive that care from our staff members. And then after safety uh, is our priority. So after safety, uh, we dig into their educational credentials. Uh, more than 90% of our teachers are cert statewide certified and they are getting different types of certifications from the uh, Department of Education and 100% 100 of our teachers are highly uh, qualified teachers who has master's degree, who has a bachelor's degree from their current teaching field. So those are the key points uh, when we make decision for uh, hiring process. That's fantastic. I love that answer of safety first. Um, 
And you mentioned your daughter having an iPad and kids have cell phones nowadays and everyone is looking at a screen. And oftentimes schools try to get students away from screens so that they can focus. But the virtual school, it's the exact opposite. You're trying to keep attention on a screen. So how do you motivate students in a virtual charter school so that they you know, can reach their potential? What, what do you do to motivate them? Yeah, as uh, we said, safety comes first. Uh, we use uh, different uh, filtering and protection services from different vendors. One of the, the biggest help comes from GoGuardian. Uh, students cannot search anything bad or anything unsafe, or they cannot spend uh, several hours on, on the screen. Uh, for example, in the past week, I received uh, an email from uh, GoGuardian about one of the students is making a mistake. And I immediately called the parent, emailed the parent, and they were aware. And uh, we apologized from each other for that purpose. And student uh, typed very long apology email. Uh, so that student said, "I learned in in a you know in a hard way that I shouldn't do this." So and so, and we currently offer a digital citizenship course to all of our students when they enroll to the virtual academy. First, they should learn how they can use the technology in an educational purpose, and during our orientation uh, days. Uh, we read together as soon as they sign into their uh, Chromebook or their Gmail account, there is a, a message on the screen. They cannot skip, they have to read and understand, and we listen while they're reading. So basically it's saying you receive these either online or physical uh, electronic devices for educational purpose. Uh, so. It's a promise on their end. It's a promise on our end to make sure they they are safe. And, and besides all of those, um, bullying does not happen only in person. Uh, it may happen for virtual school as well. Uh, so we protect our students from uh, cyberbullying with these type of uh, protective apps. Uh, and uh, we haven't seen any uh, bullying uh, since we started the school uh, for the Dub Virtual Academy. Uh, we believe we protect our students uh, in a positive way. Uh, and if they search anything as a bad word or something, I receive immediate email and text message from GoGuardian and I immediately forward that to the parents. And it's same for teachers. If they see that, they immediately share it to the parents so they are being aware. And, and that's the thing that uh, I can say uh, to protect the students. And like you mentioned, my kindergarten daughter, uh, she likes to play with her iPad. And we limit uh, the hours in front of the screen. Uh, like yesterday, I met with one of our parents. and. Uh, we talked about how virtual school works uh, for students and also for parents. Uh, so our suggestions are same as all other schools. They should spend um, a current number of hours in front of the screen, not 24 hours or not at night. Uh, we usually finish uh, our work by 4 p.m. or if students are willing to get more tutoring support, it takes like 5, 6 p.m. And after that, we ask our students to, to make physical activities and reading a physical book instead of reading from the screen. And uh, we ask our parents to devote every day 20 minutes no electronic device, just physical book reading. That's the culture currently uh, are being created by, by our students, parents, and staff members. And we receive a lot of uh, good feedback. Uh, you may go and check from our 
Google reviews or Facebook reviews, a lot of our parents are being happy. Uh, our virtual academy is not providing, you know, virtual service. We do care about their health. We do care about uh, their home setting. So even parents are saying it was very long, long time. I couldn't finish any physical book to read. I was keep reading from my iPad or my phone. So uh, they said I'm able to highlight on on the physical book. So yeah. these are the things that we protect our students from negative side of electronic devices. Uh -huh. No, that's great. I took a lot of really good notes. And I like that you mentioned the parent aspect of things. And we're going to get into that. But before, I, I'm just curious, what does a classroom look like at the virtual academy? How many students are in it? What is the opportunity like for, you mentioned tutoring. Tell us a little bit more about that and, and how you arrived to that system or that model. That's a very nice question. We received these questions during our enrollment sessions. So uh, we created schedule for uh, all of our students. We have a very flexible pacing guide uh, and individual online learning. Uh, we use um, Imagine Learning, which was named as Ingenuity. Uh, so that's our online textbook. And we have uh, supplemental tools. Uh, for example, for math, we have IXL and Alex.com. And for ELA English, we have IXL and NewCLA. And for science, uh, we have USA test prep as supplemental tool. So those are the online teachers and online services that we currently provided to our students. And we have live teachers from the virtual academy and they do offer uh, either one-on-one -on -one sessions or group Zoom sessions. Those group Zoom sessions are up to 10 students. So students uh, will feel welcomed and uh, they will be able to engage virtually with their friends and with their teachers. Usually on Mondays and Fridays, uh, there are live DAO school, DAO virtual academy uh, teachers sessions. And those are up to 10 students. And when they have specific question, since I was a math teacher, I can give example from uh, math field. Uh, let's say you are teaching uh, integral to your high school students and uh, they got stuck on it may be it may sound funny but they got stuck on uh, the four operations they don't want to use calculator they want to find a quick way to multiply so they can go further uh, so they put on checkbox uh, to receive one-on-one support and then uh, right after the Zoom session, they go to uh, Zoom rooms with uh, their teachers. So they are able to ask those uh, easy questions. So they're not being shy in front of, uh, let's say 30 friends or 20 friends or 10 friends. Uh, and then when Mondays and Fridays will be over, usually on Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, are our tutoring days. If they are behind, if they have uh, questions to ask about weekly assignments or daily assignments, uh, they can request instantly. And our teachers are uh, alive and waiting for students to get support. So the virtual academy teachers immediately open the Zoom session and support uh, our students on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. For Thursdays, it's mostly for computer science and information technology courses. Our computer science and information technology educators are doing either virtual or in-person activities with our students. And so this is the, the, the learning schedule for students. And it's mostly happening again between 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. But if they would like to go further, they request uh, until 5 or 6 p.m. 
so our teachers uh, will be ready to help them. That's fantastic. That's that's great. Thanks for explaining that. And I feel like parents are are key in any type of school and building a relationship with them, helping them be active in their students' learning, but without you know being too active or hovering or anything along the. Um, along those lines. So how would you say that you as a virtual school and just as a charter school in general, build relationships with parents to help you know, your students? Yeah, when I got my position uh, after uh, our meeting, our superintendent called me to talk about, hey, your first mission is uh, increasing the engagement between parents and uh, school members. Uh, so with that goal, we started the year and uh, we give different services to parents as well. For example, uh, some parents uh, don't have any, um, I wanna say technology skill. They didn't even touch on the computer yet. Yeah. So during our after school hours, uh, we meet with them and we provide that service. So we create their emails, we teach them how to use email communication with other people, including educators. And we help them to, you know, how to fill out forms, how to fill out applications, because sooner or later, their children will start to apply scholarships or college applications. Mm -hmm. and in state of Oklahoma, there is really nice scholarships for Oklahoma students, which is Oklahoma's promise. So instead of printing out several pages, uh, so we teach them how to use computer to submit their applications with their children. Uh, as I said before, if people see you in action that you promise the things that uh, you were saying, uh, they are liking your school, they are involving more and they are being part of that service learning. Yeah. Yesterday we received uh, several phone calls and several visitors to our building from a parent site. They came and they said, thank you for the first quarter, it's end of nine weeks. And they said, we wanna help, we wanna be volunteer to virtual academy, but we don't know what to do. Yeah. So, so we talked about the things that we are currently doing with our students. For example, we do monthly college trips for students to see different college opportunities, uh, such as uh, there are two really nice um, big colleges, which is uh, University of Oklahoma and Tulsa University. So when we drive there, we need chaperones. And when we meet with those professors, we need translators. Some of our students, when we go in deep, they need uh, Spanish translation or different languages translation. So our parents are being the translator during those sessions uh, to communicate school and our students. That's so cool. Yes, and also uh, we meet with our parents uh, for committee meeting uh, purposes, such as gifted and talented committee meetings, uh, such as school spirit committee meetings, or even though our students are virtual, uh, there are different health committees. So we sit with them or virtually we meet with them and we talk about how can we improve on that field. So one of the biggest thing uh, from the parent side, they informed me, hey, why don't we put lunchtime on schedule? And it was a surprise for me. Mm -hmm. And we placed that on our schedule and we warn our students, say, make sure and not to use an electronic device, go ahead and do your physical activity, eat lunch like a recess time, go ahead and help your parents clean your backyard or do something yeah. as a physical need at the same time, you help your, um, your, your parents, your neighborhood. So it worked well. And 
these are the things currently uh, we do with our parents. And one of the parents told me uh, she sent uh, all of her children to Dove schools uh, since Dove schools started. And that was the first time as a parent to go to college trip uh, with the last child. And uh, she was in tears too. She didn't know that Oklahoma has these beautiful colleges such as University of Oklahoma, UCO, uh, SNU or Tulsa University, different opportunities uh, are being exist in the state of Oklahoma. And they said, thank you so much for providing that parent service as well. So I learned how to use co uh, the computer. I learned how to apply uh, different things. I learned uh, English better. Our teachers uh, are also helping parents to improve their English skills. Uh, and that was the first time that I have been in a college. Even though I sent a lot of my children to college, I haven't been physically in a college classroom. Wow. And so those are the things I believe is a unique part of being a virtual academy parent. Yeah, you're not simply just connecting and teaching students, you're connecting and teaching parents and listening to them like I love the example of lunchtime so yeah. thank you and there's a this question I really like in, to ask because everyone has been there and everyone kind of needs to know that they're not alone so what have you done you personally and maybe as a school to get through the dark or or hard times because every school goes through challenges and moments where you know there's stress and there's just a lot on the line what do you do to get through those tough moments yeah it's, it happened to me as well you want to get everything done in at one time but uh, <laughs> life goes on and everyone has different struggles uh, you may get sick you may be upset on that day but uh, show must go on and uh, it's <laughs> for some of the days either for students parents or staff members or school leaders it's really hard to stay focused uh, but being virtual gives you the opportunity with the flexible schedule mm -hmm. uh, let's say you're stressful you want to work uh, so you can go to Starbucks and work from there. Or <laughs> student is stressful and they don't want to work. So yeah. we, in, we invite them to Starbucks. We invite them to the library. A lot of students don't know they can get physical books uh, for free from the public libraries. So we do practice with them and we meet with them in, in there. So that's the part that you're getting light in a dark moment oh, at, at the virtual academy. And I heard the same thing from students as well. Uh, currently uh, in the building, there are uh, 10 students. Uh, they came, they just want to meet with the teachers and you know have educational talk. They have completed their assignments. Everything is done, but it's still school day. so they are engaging with our staff members and with their friends. Uh, that's the moment, that's the aha moment for us. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's the good part of uh, being virtual academy. Uh, and when we, uh, when we talk about uh, the hard part of uh, the, the virtual school, uh, flexible schedule, it's a good and bad thing. So you need to encourage yourself Let's say you have thousand students in, in person, you see them, you see the reaction from them. With Virtual Academy, you have thousand students, but you don't see them at, at one point. Yeah. So that's the moment you should re-energize yourself. Uh, you need to talk to yourself. Hey, we do have these students and we are here for them. And uh, with different activities and joining those Zoom sessions and doing virtual classroom observation mm -hmm. is a key for school leader uh, because in-person school you go in the class and you see what's going on 
uh, virtually it happens too. Uh, during their Zoom sessions, uh, you join their, their Zoom class and you practice with them and you show your math skills, English skills. And uh, when students see that uh, you are also with them, that's another good part of virtual school. Uh, they increase their belonging to school and immediately their spirit increase and their scores are being increased. So they learn in a better way. I love that. I love that. Um, light in a dark place can change up the environment a little bit. Keep going. The show must go on. So fantastic. And um, Principal Oz, is there any projects or, uh, or goals that Dove Virtual Academy is currently working on that you're excited about? Oh, yes, we are truly excited about uh, different projects such as uh, there are a lot of. Uh, I'm gonna start with esports. Uh, as you may, yeah, as you may realize, all around the world, esports becoming a good opportunity for all people. And currently, our um, computers, one of our computer science teacher, Miss John, uh, started esports. And next month, we will visit University of Oklahoma esports lab. So our students will go into college just for gaming and how gaming works in education. So uh, we start to hear from parents about, oh, my child is going to play and earn scholarship. And oh, you said, yes, they will learn. So uh, that's one of the biggest projects that we currently started. And we start to compete with either virtual or in-person schools. and. Uh, that's really good thing for our students to, to be able to meet virtually and uh, compete uh, with other schools so they increase our school spirit. Cool. And uh, of course, um, robotics is big deal for our school and we received uh, part of our materials and more to come and uh, our parents, students will see us in action with different robots and we will be competing um, statewide and nationwide uh, competitions. Wow. And uh, the new project that we started, I talked about adopting a park and helping senior citizens. Uh, There's the service learning project we started this year and a lot of our uh, students and parents are involved uh, to this project and they are truly happy and saying a lot of thank you messages, even from uh, the city members, we start to receive thank you and they will place our uh, school sign uh, in different parts to, to share their appreciations. Oh. So it's, it's part of network <laughs> activities as well. And uh, this year we also started NHS and junior NHS. Uh, NHS is a national organization uh, sponsored by Association of Secondary School Principals. And uh, currently we accept uh, 10th graders only next year will accept 11th and 12th graders from high school level. For junior NHS, we accept grade six through ninth uh, to this project, this club. And another big thing is uh, ethics ball. Uh, this is the thing that I brought from in-person schools to virtual school. Uh, the virtual academy uh, will have an ethics club and we will be able to uh, help our students to organize and present their case and attend and analyze morally relevant features of the case so they will be able to uh, have discussion with different group of students and they will learn from each other. And in the past, we had great success uh, with in-person schools and with virtual school that will be our first year to participate. And we have great hope from our students because compared to in-person students, our students have more time to, to read, to practice, to meet. 
uh, we believe we'll do a great job with ethics uh, club as well. And uh, science Olympiad, math counts and math league, those are our common practices for STEM projects. Uh, one of the biggest one, um, we received uh, different donations for our solar car club. So, solar car club. Yes. <laughs> In quarter two, uh, 10 of our students will start to work on Dow Virtual Academy solar car, and we will be able to compete uh, nationwide uh, schools. And uh, usually it happens uh, at world famous Texas Motor Speedway or mm -hmm. uh, in different places in Texas or, or California. So our students will be able to uh, design their own solar car and they will be able to compete with other schools. So those are the big STEM projects uh, with our students. That's fantastic. I mean, don't get me wrong, but when I ask this question, people will say like, oh yeah, we're building a new gym or we're building a new whatever, or we're doing a new this. and and all those things are great, like super great. Don't get me wrong, love those things. But I love that when I asked you this question, that it was all student-based. All of your goals, all of your future events are all based around your students and providing more activities, more opportunities um, to test and try new things. And that it's very student-focused rather than, you know, facility or building-focused, which are that's just fine. It's a good thing, but so I think that's really cool. Thanks Thank for that. you. And I guess the last thing that um, the second to last thing is this is kind of a a personal um, question. So if you had a personal billboard on the side of like a really popular highway in Oklahoma, do you know what quote? you would like to put on that billboard for people to see? Oh, it's a very hard question. <laughs> I would say if it's related to our school and education, I would say Dow Virtual Academy access to success. <laughs> <laughs> because we are, we, we are becoming um, a bridge between Oklahoma students with STEM education. So mm -hmm. uh, they don't have to go to physical school from home. They can make that connection. I believe we are being accessed to success for our students. Fantastic. Fantastic. I mean, it's free advertising space, so might as well. And the, the last question is just, in podcasts, sometimes when I'm a guest on a podcast, there's something that I want to say, but the host never asks the question that I wanted to hear, or I never got a chance to tell a certain story. Um, so this is kind of up to you. Do you have anything else that you would like to mention? Um, a story, a book that you recommend that people read, or anything at all that you'd like to share before we wrap up? Uh, <laughs> good question. Um, and it's okay if you don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, uh, all I can say is, is becoming a US citizen and educator. Uh, I will thank to United States of America and the people around us who are supporting uh, education and charter school is a great option uh, another great option for all students and uh, the virtual academy is uh, i believe one of the best option for uh, our students so they don't have to pay uh, and they can take uh, one of the best uh, education with a diverse curriculum and it's mostly thanking the people around us, like uh, being EL or being SPED or being GT or 
I don't want to say different, but being unique is not a bad thing. It's a good thing in the United States, especially in Oklahoma. And with the Virtual Academy, uh, we are able to care our students in a proper way. And uh, I want to say thank to uh, the people around us who are uh, allowing us to provide this opportunity to Oklahoma students. Fantastic. I think that's a great way to wrap up. Being unique mm -hmm. is a good thing. So, Principal Oz, this was a fantastic episode. I have a list that's my entire screen of notes that I've been taking of awesome advice, ideas, clubs, um, apps that you use, and we'll include all of these things in the show notes. So if anyone wants to know a little bit more about um, the Go Guardian filter or the Digital Citizen course or Imagine Learning, what esports, things of that nature, you can find it in the, the show notes. Um, if you just go to charterconnect.co slash Emery dash Ozturk. Thank you so much for your time. Um, I've always admired you as I've gotten to work with you to grow Dub Virtual Academy and now even more so now that I've gotten to know a little bit more about you, your story and your school. You're, you're awesome. And thank you so much for taking a little bit of your precious time to be on our podcast. Oh, thank you so much for this great opportunity and the service that you currently provide for Oklahoma students as well. Thank you. Awesome, well, we'll see y'all later. All right, see you, bye-bye.